Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hello and welcome to How To Money, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. I'm your host, Kate, and today I've invited Mark from Hip Money onto the show, who's created a free app aimed at helping you eliminate your mortgage faster. We cover some of the things young Aussies should know prior to taking out a mortgage, how small changes add up, and the benefits of automating your finances. This episode was kindly supported by eTax Accountants, Australia's number one online tax agent. Finish your tax return online in minutes with live help from qualified eTax Accountants. No appointment required. With a live refund calculator and deduction tips based on your job to help boost your ATO tax refund, sort out your taxes today by heading to etax.com.au. Just a quick reminder that everything we cover in this podcast is for financial education purposes only, and we're not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, please make your own inquiries and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. Now let's get started. Hi, Mark. Thanks so much for joining us on the How To Money podcast today. Absolutely, Kate. Happy to be with you. Now, before we get started, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and uh, your background in the financial services industry. Absolutely. Um, I have what I always call like a very non-traditional or accidental uh, uh, foray into financial services in that I actually have a master's in creative writing. And I got a job. Yeah, yeah. Very odd way to get into finances. But um, after I graduated, I knew I didn't want to go get my PhD right away. And I wasn't really super keen on teaching. So I got a job with a bank consulting company back in the United States uh, in my hometown of Lincoln, Nebraska, right in the dead center Midwest. And we ended up um, teaching banks like how to get more customers. So it was everything from like product redesign to training staff to doing all their marketing materials. Um, And I was just fascinated because it was my first foray really into business entirely. But what I found really interesting was you, we were learning how the banks make money, how do they you know, appeal to customers, et cetera. And on the other end of that is like, you know, how do consumers choose new banks or choose new products? And, and ultimately, you know, a lot of times if a customer chooses a bad product or doesn't do the right thing, the banks make more money. So there's this very natural tension in the industry that just absolutely fascinated me. So that was, that was my first job in 2005 was a copywriter in the bank consulting company. That's a really different way to get into the industry. How did you come to Australia? Uh, well, that, so then fast forward to, I guess, 2017. So I got, I was a copywriter, then I managed the creative department. We had like 130 bank clients throughout the US. And then I got into sales, went to another uh, sales company selling similar strategies. Uh, they tasked me with innovation. I started doing more speaking, uh, yada, yada, yada. So I formed a company at one of those startup weekends where you go and pitch an idea. And it was for this app that I thought should exist for banks to help their customers refinance their mortgages. Uh, built that, went through an accelerator, and I was at South by Southwest. At that point, we had uh, this new idea for a product, another product called Hit Money. 
And we got into South by Southwest Accelerator. We were picked as a top five fintech globally. And I met somebody from Fintech Australia who booked me to speak at a gig in 2017. And I started looking at it and I'm like, wow, that's going to be expensive to come over because my wife wanted to come and we wanted to bring our kids. And she said, you know, if you really want to come, you should look at this government grant program that the Queensland government puts on to uh, attract international entrepreneurs and have them relocate here. And so we applied for that late 2017 and got that. Uh, and ended up finding a bank partner here to to continue to work here. And we, we really enjoyed the experience. It was quite lovely. And so now we've been here since October 2017. So it all happened because of a speaking gig. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it, it, there's even a crazier story. If you look at my LinkedIn, my publishing, I, I wrote about it. But like, it, it actually goes back to like 2015. I knew somebody who like randomly met them on almost like an accidental email at this conference. And then they ended up introducing me to somebody else. And uh, I... I sought out this person on LinkedIn from Fintech Australia because I wanted to connect with her. And I was at this event. I almost missed her, but somebody was like, oh my gosh, are you Mark from Nebraska? There's this woman from Australia. This is in Austin, Texas at South by Southwest. She's like, there's this woman from Australia. He's been asking around to try and meet you all night long. Oh, oh, there she is. And walked me over there and introduced me. So we almost didn't even connect. So it's even like a crazier story if you dig into it. Yeah, that's insane. And the reason I wanted to get you on the podcast today was because of hit money that you mentioned. And I it'd be great if you could explain a little bit about what hit money does and how it actually helps young people with their mortgages. Yeah, absolutely. So um, ultimately, you know, I've been in finance for a long time and I had the same thing, I guess, same issues that everybody has is that we all want to make better financial decisions, but a lot of times that we, we don't, don't have the time, don't know where to start, or feel like we don't have the extra money to, to make these financial decisions, whether it's eliminating the debt or saving for, you know, a holiday or, you know, anything, et cetera. And so we looked at traditional um, solutions like financial budgeting, uh, financial literacy, and they, they've been around for over a decade now, um, and they just, they just don't work. There's, there's studies that have like, looked at financial literacy and stuff across like 100 and some different research like studies, and it's, it found like it makes like 0.1% difference in the actual impact it makes for the customer. So if that's the case, you know, as, as I've been in the bank, we've, you know, working with banks directly for a long time, I felt like it was always bad if a bank says like, okay, well, we, we put the information out there and customers don't do it. Well, you know, there's technology out there and it's it's advancing at a rapid pace. So how could we design something to kind of basically like like look through your cash flow to find little bits and extra pieces of money that you could save but aren't saving now and ultimately say like, you know, if you took this little bit here and put it towards your mortgage, you do that every week or you do that on a rolling basis and here's the impact it makes in, in you know, years and months saved as well as overall interest. Because when you look at a refinance calculator or an accelerator calculator, it'll show you like the difference of adding like $100 a fortnight or $100 a month or, you know, $1,000 a year or whatever. But we, we all think in dollars and cents. Everyone's got a coin jar. Everyone's like, oh, you know, four fifty for a coffee. If I, if I think about it in a different way in smaller increments, but look at the power of momentum, that snowball effect, that's really where we found that consumers were like, oh my gosh, like this, this is exciting. I, I can do this. It's small, you know, little bits and pieces. So... Hit money, it, it links to your existing trans account. We, right now, we're supporting about 16 different banks in Australia. We analyze your cash flow. And we're looking for little bits and pieces, like kind of like, I guess I'd say like, like money that you haven't spent, like little bits of, of variable spending. So you know, your, your rent is usually set, your mortgage is set. Um, most you know, grocery bills don't go up too much, whatever. But gas, um, how many times you take the ferry, little things like that. And if we notice something that you didn't do, and there's a little extra money there, will prompt you to, to roll that into like your mortgage. And then you basically just swipe right or swipe up down in this case, 
and we'll, we'll transfer the money for free from your trans account to that mortgage to get it out of there so you don't spend it and then apply it to the loan. Hmm, that's really cool. And there's definitely apps that do that for savings or investing, but I don't think there's anything out there in Australia that does this for mortgages, is there? Yeah, well, we target, yeah, mortgages specifically because, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a huge, huge number typically. And a lot of people that when they get that mortgage, it's like, oh crap, well, how do I, how do I get rid of it? There's, there's motivations to do that. And the investing apps that we've seen, there's, there's lots of roundups, which is very passive. And we want to get to the point where the customer is really engaged in that. There's, there's a lot of value in engaging the customer in a successful journey. And eventually we do allow people to automate that so that we could actually say, okay, if you trust us now after 90 days, can we just keep like moving little bits and pieces over for you? And then we'll just say like, hey, today we moved $7 or this week we moved $34, et cetera. And then we always explain like, here's where we found the money. Um, but the idea is like, you know, get, build some trust and then let us automate it for you, but not just at like, you know, 30 cents. The roundups are... You know, that only saves a couple hundred a year typically. And we're talking about trying to save, you know, like several thousand for you over the course of the mortgage in the first like year or two and on an ongoing basis, save you about 20,000 in interest. So we, we a little bit, little bit larger than the roundups. Yeah. A bit more substantial than just five cents here and there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are good. Those are good first steps. But, you know, like we're looking for people who really want to make a huge impact. Yeah, definitely. So um, stepping back a little bit, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what are some of the key things young people should know about before taking out a mortgage in Australia? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, mortgages in Australia were relatively new to me. I came from the United States where the average mortgage is about like 155,000 US dollars in my market. That's only like 200 and some thousand here. Yeah. So when I got <laughs> here and I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, wait, what? What? What do you mean 520,000 on average for a mortgage? And that's after the initial payment. So that was a bit of a culture shock to me. It was how much that is. But ultimately with, with the mortgage, um, you know, same principles kind of apply is that, you know, obviously trying to get up as much savings as you can to avoid, we call it, you know, PMI, personal mortgage insurance. Um, but get, getting your loan to value as kind of low as you can. And what I always advocate for is, you know, what's not, not how much house can you afford, but what, what are you comfortable with paying on that mortgage? So when we got our first mortgage, we basically were paying about the same in rent that we paid in the mortgage. So there was no real, we didn't have to shift our lifestyle much to do that. And that felt very comfortable to us. And then we could even pay on more every month uh, onto that mortgage and you know, so to, to accelerate it, it out. So that to us felt really good. Um, and then ultimately, like, you know, I mean, we, my wife and I, we still own the same house in the United States. We have it rented out right now, but we've owned it for 16 and a half years. We just, we fell in love with our first house. We've done an addition. We've done some little bits and pieces um, to, to stay there versus upgrading. Because every time I had a friend who would upgrade their house, you know, go from a $400,000 house to six hundred dollars to seven hundred, dollars if something ever happened in their life, they, like, they, they lost their job or they needed to send their kids to private school or whatever, the house no longer became this asset. It almost became this albatross. And so from my perspective, it's just like if you have a healthy relationship with what your house is, it should be a home. But if it's this heaps of debt that you're stressed out about, that no longer, I think, functions in the same capacity. It should be a, an absolute joy, not a burden. Yeah, definitely. And often that lifestyle, it just keeps sort of snowballing and you're under pressure to get a newer house with fancier features and more bedrooms. The idea of scaling up and keeping up with the Joneses, it's, I mean, it's not, not, not healthy in, in many ways. And unfortunately, it's kind of just a subconscious thing that just essentially happens. Yeah. Now, I know you mentioned before about how small changes can really add up over the life of a mortgage, but did you have any specific examples of what putting a few thousand dollars a year looks like over a 20-year period? 
Um, well, right now with the pilot that we're on with the app, um, the average savings is, I want to say, what is it? Oh, sorry, I had this like, it's like $39.40 per week extra that someone's popping over into their mortgage. And that'll save them two years and nine months overall on the mortgage at the end of the day. And then I think it's about $27,000 in interest. So if you kind of like break it down again, like $39, we're talking about like, you know, $7 and something cents a day. That's, that's not a lot. Like the, the idea of keeping that amount small, it's like a, a beer, a burrito or a cup of coffee kind of amount of money that you usually don't have to think about what's in my account if I want to go grab a coffee. At my office, people are like, hey, who wants coffee? Everybody's like, I'll go grab a coffee. And all of a sudden, you spent another four fifty or five, and you just didn't have to think about spending that money. So if we're talking about saving a little bit extra, most people don't have to think about saving small amounts. But then when you look at, okay, over the course of a month or a week or whatever, in the lifetime, I mean, who doesn't want an extra $27,000 that they don't have to pay a bank? That's To me, that's, that's fantastic. And so do these little bits of pieces, create some momentum, and then... Within the app, too, we're also like, oh, you know, if you skip this week, that brings your average down to now you're at $37. And here's the difference in saved interest over the life of that loan. If, you know, do you, do you want to make up an extra little bit or do you want to keep it there? Have a little bit of discomfort in the idea of slowing down so we can keep on the pace that the user's already at. Yeah. So if you, you sacrifice $10 extra each week, then this is how much you actually save over a 20-year period. It's probably, it must be pretty crazy to see those numbers like that. Yeah, well, they, they add up. They add up pretty fast and stuff too. Yeah, and it's not even like the sacrifice. Like when people think about like saving, I mean, that's the natural thing to think. Oh, sacrifice. Like oh, I shouldn't get my coffee. And we never say we we say we don't want to be your big brother. We want to be your best friend. So we're not judging you and saying don't do that. But what we are saying is like, hey, look, like normally on Tuesday, it looks like you normally go to you know your Campos Coffee, or your Coffee Ministry, or your whatever whatever your local place is called. There's like a Ministry of Coffee here, a Chemistry of Coffee, a Science of Coffee. Whatever it is, but if we see that you didn't do something, we'll we'll add that to the total of what we think we should push you to save this week. And we'll say, oh, yeah, your normal Tuesday discretionary spending is down $5. Let's go ahead and toss that in and then this and this. And, oh, here, there's $24. Let's pop this over to your mortgage. So, again, it's not about reprimanding you about the things that you want to do that make you happy. But if we notice little things and you're a little ahead, let's get that money out of there so that you don't shout your mate's coffee next time you go or whatever. Then you'll, then you'll just be a little bit more cognizant of that. Mm, and I often heard it said um, when people say they can't put 5% away for that, like an additional 5% to their mortgage and then you actually ask the person, well, if you had to take a 5% pay cut or face the alternative of not having the job, well, people would make it work. So definitely using these sort of apps and tools is a, a good way to put things away and, and make it work. Yeah, well, that's a huge thing that you mentioned there. So when we connect to your trans account, that's typically where people get paid. So if we see a little bonus or if we see a pay raise, we're going to want to talk to you right away about that and be like, hey, we noticed that you're now making an extra two grand. What do you think about popping a thousand of that over to your mortgage right away? Because you haven't had a chance to get used to this additional dollars yet to spend it, you know? So I mean, like those types of things, a little bit of a, like a government rebate, tax time, all those things that we see hit. If it's your main spending account where everything's coming in and out, uh, we're going to see that and we're going we're gonna to come in there and be like, hey, mate, we're, you know, like, we're, again, like, we're your best buddy here. Here's a good idea. Let's do this or whatever. And you can free, feel free to tell us, you know, nah, like get out of here. But um, ultimately, you know, we're, we're, we're advocating for your best interest in a non-judgy way. Yeah, it's probably good coming from an app because you might not have told anyone in real life that you got a raise or you got a bonus. And so no one's actually going to say... Why don't you put some of that into your mortgage? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're, you're totally right about not talking about money because um, when we do initial like customer interviews around any new product, 
it's almost like a like a therapy session. People don't talk about money. They don't talk about it, um, but it, it's like the biggest stressor for them. It, you know, how their parents handled it affects how they think about money. How their parents handled mm-hmm. money thinks about how they treat or talk about it with their kids. Um, so it's like it's almost like part of our DNA. It's in our blood, and we don't talk about it. So you have stories about it, which could be bad stories about it. You could have good stories, but most people have bad stories about money, or they don't talk about it, so they get really stressed about it. Um, but we've had people break down crying in these interviews, and they're like, I don't know why I'm crying. This is so stupid. Well, it's because you probably never talked about this. You never told the story about your dad mm-hmm. working himself to death and never being around and, 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 you know, and passing away at like, like 58, I think was the story. And so how that person thinks about money and their kids and how they spend their time with their kids it's totally been transformed by that. But, you know, they haven't shared that story with hardly anybody. So you're totally right. Like an app or whatever, we have, we basically have this little robot thing we're, we're calling Nimoy, which is just an acronym for money anagram. Um, but Nimoy found this. Nimoy found that. So Nimoy never judges you. He's just here to help you. He's a little robot that helps you and disappears when you don't. Um, but you're right. Like that, that's a lot easier than um, having a conversation mm-hmm. with a real live person. People don't go to financial planners a lot of times because they, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to feel judgment. So they do nothing. Mm. And then... and then well, they feel like they don't know enough to yeah. actually go to a planner in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Which is like, I mean, I when I don't know something, I'm, I go to somebody and I'm like, hey, just, just treat me like I'm a Labrador. Like pretend like I don't know anything about anything. And I'm just a little dog. Um, and that way I'm just like, I'm laying it out there. I don't know anything, but I want to learn. So I, I, I never felt embarrassed about that. But um, if you don't do that, then yeah, you're... You, you may not go to that person to get the information. And then the longer you delay that, and unfortunately with finances, uh, time is the best you know advocate you have for your money. So start at 20 or 25 or 30. Don't wait till 40, 50, 60, 70. Mm, and it's probably a lot easier to focus on aggressively paying off your mortgage at an earlier age when you've got a bit more flexibility with work and spending and things like that than for later on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Light, it only gets more complicated with the expenses, kids, all that jazz. Yeah. I've got three kids. So I know that from firsthand. <laughs> now we've talked quite a bit about the benefits of automating your finances. And I'd like to sort of dive into the freedom you get when you pay off your mortgage. So I guess the end goal of your app is to help young people and anyone pay off their mortgage quicker. But I know there's a lot of freedom once you do get there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then it, it, so we've got a couple people that we talked to, and they they're um, the app wasn't necessarily designed for personal debt, but they're they're using it for that as well too, which because it, it can function for any 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 savings goal. Um, and what you know when they retired to debt, it was like only like five grand. But um, the question we came there is like, well, what are you going to do with that extra hundred seventy dollars that you were paying? And the person is like, because we'll we'll email people, we'll have interviews still with users. And they're like, well, I'm not sure yet. And we're like, no, no, like you need to put that like put that away, like like continue making that 170 into some other bucket. I think saving when you have successful habits or patterns that work for you and they are automated, um, it's kind of a little bit addictive in a a good way. You know, addiction can work across lots of different things and most addictions are bad addictions. But when people save money and they feel like really successful, um, if you've read obviously The Barefoot Investor, I'm pretty sure everybody has, um, that Mojo account, you know, out there is so key having the two grand to be like, yeah, I got my Mojo on. Like, it's hysterical because we see lots of accounts that are re-nicknamed Mojos when we work with banks and stuff and we look at the data files. We're like, oh, look at this. You get Mojos all over the place. Um, people naming their accounts, like these like crazy things that make sense to them. But to them, it's like a sense of empowerment. And you can tell it by how they nickname them. I won't say I'm here, but um, I'm like, this is empowering. This person has used a bucket. They've used a habit. They've got automatic triggers going in there based on certain 
you know, fortnightly or whatever. Um, and you can, you can, you can tell that this person has shifted away from a passive mentality to a more like, I'm going to do this and set myself up for, for success. Um, that's why I think barefoot investment was such a, such a huge movement and so empowering. Mm, and it's definitely amazing watching it. it. It might not, $50 might not look much over one month, but you get to the end of the year, you've got $600. So it's pretty amazing how it just sort of, um, you put a little bit away each month and it just adds up. And some bank accounts, even I was looking at one the other day and you can put emojis as the bank account name, which I thought was quite fun. That's how we think, gifts and emojis. So we, we use them within our apps too. Mm. So to end off the podcast, I'd like to hear what your number one tip is for young people trying to pay off their mortgage at a quicker rate than normal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, the, the thing that I lived by, the thing that we did was, um, you know, we looked at in the States, there was, it was very common, you either got a 15 year mortgage or a 30 year mortgage. Um, and the rates were different on those two different products. So what we did was we set ourselves up but we couldn't quite make the payment on the 15 year mortgage. Um, but we opted for a 20 year mortgage, which actually had the same rate as the 30. But what we wanted was we, we wanted that, that, that extra payment. We wanted to pay it off quicker. So we kind of built that in there. We could have taken the 30 and maybe just added the extra, you know, like the, the spread in there to that payment. But we felt like, you know what, Let, let's be aggressive and just add as much as we can to this. Let's take whatever the bank is going to say, oh, you know, you pay $800 a week or whatever. Make it, you know, $900 a week. Make it $850. Make it $1,000. Make it whatever you can. So that just becomes your number. Like I, I literally don't know what the base mortgage payment would be for our house in, in America. Like, I don't even remember what that number was, but I remember we always paid extra 95 and rounded it up to the next $100 increment. So like, I'm like that, that to us was like, we, we had a different anchor. So if you anchor yourself to a different number that's higher than the base, you, you will be pleasantly surprised at how quick of a dent that will make in your overall um, amount of interest that you pay on that loan. So, and mm-hmm. also, you know, when you, when you take out that loan, you're like, oh, it's, you know, $300,000 house. No, your your house is really, I mean, like that, what it's going to cost you, know, know that end number because that will motivate yeah. you to try and pay it down as quick as possible. So it's not a $300,000 house. It's actually a $580,000 house. Are you okay with that? <laughs> you know, or do you want to get rid of it yeah. as possible? So that's, and again, that's your, I mean, that's your best friend talking here. Not, not your dad, not your, not your big brother, not your judger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, and it's changing that mindset from trying to pay the minimum possible to actually yeah. wanting to pay it off as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you look at, you know, interest only loans. And, you know, I understand why some people either get them for certain reasons. But um, if the idea is you're just paying off the interest, and you hope that the house is just going to go up, and and that's how you're going to make money. This country is in the longest sustained, like, you know, consistent uh, mortgage increase up until just last year, it was 66 years, and it had gone up like, I mean, uh, I remember reading the article, this is like when I first got here, I was like, holy cow, this is insane that it's on sustained increase. And that's been great for people who are in the market. But like right now, like I, I'd be like, you know, uh, probably hesitant to purchase right now, I'd wait to take it more of a wait and see approach. But if you're thinking about, oh, I'll just get an interest only loan and pay that interest. And then all of a sudden, the property goes down by 40 grand. That's, that's going to be substantial impact on you that lasts like, you know, decades. That won't just last a year or two. That could have a, a big impact. Yeah, I think the property market's definitely starting to change in Australia, and um, with the reduction in sort of interest rates, that some people may be trying to pay off a bit less um, into their mortgage when this is a good time to actually start paying more. So, yeah, put the pedal down to the floor. Absolutely. Anyway, it's been uh, great to have you on the How to Money podcast today, Mark. And if anyone wants to find a bit about more about hit money where should they go 
Yeah, absolutely. So www.hipmoney.com.au is our principal website. We've got a sign-up page there. We're bringing on more people onto the pilot um, pretty much every week, but it'll be live on iOS and public here very soon as well, too. Um, you can find us on Twitter as well at Hip Money App. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Fantastic, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to today's How to Money podcast episode with Hit Money. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and send any questions our way via www.howtomoney.online. You can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus. You've been listening to the How to Money podcast.